God knows exactly what you're going through right now. God is not indifferent towards you. Your pain, your struggle, your emotional issues, your fractured your relationships, your anxiety, your uncertainty about the future. God is not indifferent towards all those things. You are listening to a message preached by Pastor Bogdan Kipko at Forward Church in Irvine, California. For more information about Forward Church, please visit forward.fm. We're going to be in the book of Acts. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to um, Acts chapter 3. And we're going to be in verses 1 through 10. And the, the, uh, the series title that we, that we have in our church that we've been going through for the last few weeks is, it's called Time to Act. Uh, Time to Act, Strengthening uh, Your Faith, a series based on the book of Acts. And uh, today is actually a very monumental day in the church in general because today is Pentecost Sunday. This is actually the time when the Holy Spirit came down upon all the disciples when they were in the upper room and they were empowered and equipped to do the work that Jesus has told them to do, which is namely go and make disciples of all nations. And you know, my primary job as a pastor is I want to be an equipper. I want to be a person who coaches you, trains you, uh, gets you spiritually excited to go out there and to live the big life that God has created for you to live. And my goal um, in this message and in every single Sunday is I want to speak exactly to the situations that you're going through in your life. I want the message to be relevant, to be practical. I want you to take away something that you would listen not just for information, but rather for transformation. So we're going through the book of Acts, and today we have a message that's titled, What a Spirit-Filled Church is Capable of. It's capable of a lot. A few months ago, probably even at the inception of our church, we were praying, praying, praying for God to give us a building, for a facility where we can gather on Sunday mornings, and God provided with, with such a, an amazing host that we have of this church who is, who is allowing us to share the space with them. We're so excited. We believe God is going to open doors for, for more opportunities, and I want to tell you guys that, that Jesus can do the same miracles in your life when you, when you trust him with everything that you have, and so today we're going to look at, well, what does a spirit-filled church look like? I want to read this text to you guys. It's written in the book of Acts, chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. We, by the way, have almost four screens, okay? So you won't have a problem not seeing the text. But if you have your Bibles, you can open that as well. So here's what's happening in the book of Acts, uh, chapter 3. This is after Pentecost. Uh, Peter and John are going to the temple. So here's what the text says. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man, lame from birth, was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. 
And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk. He entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. My friends, let's just bow our heads for a few minutes and pray and we'll get into the message. God, I come to you in Jesus' name. Um, I believe, God, that you are good and mighty and powerful. And I believe, God, that this morning we are not here coincidentally, but rather you, God, by your divine providence, brought us to this space this morning. And God, you desire to speak to us from this text in a way that it would penetrate our heart, that we would be cut to the heart. We would be transformed, God. We would see your son Jesus better than ever before. We would be a people, God, who would resemble your character in every way possible. So God, I pray that as we dig deep into this text, you would transform us from the inside out and make this message come alive in our minds. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Have you ever desired something, but then what you actually got was much better than what you wanted? I think it's happened to many of us. A couple nights ago, my wife and I, we went out to dinner. We came there a little bit earlier because they had certain specials that happened at certain hours of the day. And so we're like... Uh, we're like, we need to save some money, so let's do it. So we went there, and we had a great meal, and it was amazing. And then I come home, and um, Ben's there, and Ben's our worship leader and a gathering leader, and he's there, and we start talking. I'm like, Ben, you got to check out this place. It's so amazing. And he's like, wait a minute, what place are you talking about? And so he mentions to me the place that we went to, and I'm like, uh, and I tell him that, and he's like, why didn't you tell me that, you're going there. I was like, well, sorry I don't share with you all my plans in my life. Like, you're not my wife. Like, come on, dude. Like, you already know enough about my life. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, you don't get it. I know the general manager of that particular place. He's like, if you would have told me that you're going there with, with Victoria, I would have told the general manager, and you probably would have had your whole meal comped. And at that point, as I'm listening to this story that he's saying to me, I'm like thinking to me, to myself, I'm like, how crazy is it that I was like hoping that I can provide him something good, and in turn, he actually wanted to provide for me something much better. I didn't even think of that. That's really how God works. Very often, God doesn't give you what you want, but God gives you what you need, And what you need is much better than what you want. Amen? That's how God works. That's how good God is. And so as we get into today's message, the big idea that I want you guys to uh, pay attention to today is this, that the spirit-filled church draws the world to itself and to its savior. There's something irresistible that happens to a person whose heart is captured by God. You draw people towards yourself, and that's a really good Thing. Now, I want you guys to pay attention to the screen for just a few minutes. This is a place that is called the Beautiful Gate. This is the place where Peter and John are going to pray because they are still living in their Jewish customs. They're still going to the temple. 
At 3 p.m., they're going to the temple. What's significant about the time frame that they're going to the temple is this is actually the 3 p.m. is when Jesus Christ was crucified, okay? That could be a whole other message. So this is actually the same time they're going to the temple at 3 p.m. where Jesus Christ, when he was on the cross, he, he cried, it is finished. And as you see, this is a beautiful gate, and this is called, the, it's called the beautiful gate. And this actually exists. Now, I want to tell you guys something. There's a man that is sitting in front of this gate. I want you to picture this. This man has been crippled from birth. He was being carried. And so his friends carried him and they laid him at the front of this particular gate. And when, when people were walking in into the temple to pray, he was asking for alms. He was asking for money. He was asking for donations. I don't know what was going on in the man's mind, but maybe just maybe he thought that if I'm um, sitting in front of such a beautiful gate, maybe people would be more open to donating money to me. Now, in any event, this man was in a, in a moment of desperation. In fact, his entire life was uh, a lot of uh, desperation. But I, wanna, I want you guys to pay attention to something. The Bible says that this man was crippled from birth. It does not say in the Greek that he was paralyzed. He was crippled. So the first point I want to make, I don't know what you're going through today. You might be crippled, but you're not paralyzed. Are you guys with me? You might have some problems and some issues and some desperation that you're going through in your life, but you are not paralyzed. And today, Pentecost Sunday, the Spirit is going to set you free. Amen? We desire to inspire you. We desire for you to experience hope during this service. Whatever cloud you came in here with, maybe desperation or depression or anxiety or worry about the future, my friends, you might be crippled, but you're not paralyzed. There's hope for you, and his name is Jesus. So I want to ask you that if you're here this morning, you have a sense of desperation, or, or you've experienced hopelessness, or maybe you've experienced failure, failure in the last few weeks, I want to tell you that, that there is healing power in Jesus Christ. This is why this miracle that's going to happen here is so exciting for you and for me, and I believe that uh, when, when we look at this particular text, we see how amazing God moves. Now, I want to say something to you that you can only give away what is truly yours. As we're following this particular uh, episode of what's happening, um, the man is sitting there at the gates. His position at Israel's religious center uh, is very profitable for him to get money from people. And Peter and John are going into this particular temple. Now, look what happens. The offer that Peter and John provide to the man happens before the man requests it. It illustrates the way of God's provision of forgiveness in the Holy Spirit that comes into your life. The point is, God knows what you need before you even ask him. God knows exactly what you're going through right now. God, you're not indifferent. God is not indifferent towards you. Your pain, your struggle, your emotional issues, your fractured your relationships, your anxiety, your uncertainty about the future. God is not indifferent towards all those things. In fact, God is actively working everything in the entire universe for your good. Do you believe that? That's what God is doing. So you might be crippled, but you're not paralyzed. 
And so Peter and John, they're coming and going to the temple, and the man is, is, is basically asking them for money. And look what happens. Uh, 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 Peter basically says, you can only, uh, Peter's like, I have no silver or gold. Now, I want to ask you a question. What do you think the beggar was thinking when he heard this? Put your place, put yourself in the place of the beggar. How would you feel? You sit every single day before people come to the house of prayer and you're asking for money. And, and, and here's these two respectable gentlemen walking to the temple and he's like, I, you're going to give me some money or some alms. And the first thing out of Peter's mouth is, I have no silver or gold. Peter is essentially saying, Everything you think you want, I don't have it. But the story doesn't stop there. What do you think the beggar is thinking? What do, you, uh, what, do you, what do you think when you hear this? How does this make you feel? Does it make you feel maybe a sense of um, annoyance? Maybe a sense of like, God, why are you not delivering things in my life at the appropriate timetable? God, you don't match my Excel spreadsheet. God, my calendar, which is synced up with my life, is not synced up with yours. God, come on. You gotta sync up with me, God. I'm smarter. I know how to run the universe, right? How often do we say that? Now, the reason I want to say to you guys is that you can only give away what is, your, what is truly yours is because Peter could only give what he had. If he had no silver or gold to give, there was no, nothing else that he can give. Let me give you guys an honest confession. I cannot give you many things. Flat out, straight up honest with you. If you ask me to cook you a gourmet meal, nope. No, it's not going to happen. I'm telling you, it's not. If you ask me to, to sing very well, you're not getting it. I can't give you what I don't truly have. I don't have it. If you ask me to, to play an instrument, I play piano, play violin, play, play um, whatever else we have here, drums, like, I can't. I can't give it to you. My friends, the only thing I can truly give you is what I possess. And one of the main things that I have is I'm able to teach and to preach and to inspire you to live a life for God. And so Peter here is doing the same exact thing. He said, silver and gold have I none. So at first, it's very frustrating to the man because he wants something, but he doesn't understand. He's saying this. He says, what I do have, he said, look, this is what I do have. I'm going to give to you. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I want to ask you a question. What do you personally have in your life that you can impart onto another person? What has truly captured you that you can give to another person? You can only give away what is truly yours. And so if you want peace and tranquility that only comes from knowing Jesus Christ, you must surrender yourself to him and have Jesus Christ be in the center of your life. And then you can provide people what they desperately desire. There's an old commentator named Cornelius A. Lapide tells how Thomas Aquinas once called on Pope Innocent II while he was counting a large sum of money. You see, Thomas, said the Pope, the church can no longer say silver and gold have I none because he had a lot of money. The Pope did. And Thomas says, True, Holy Father, 
and neither can she say now, arise and walk. Do you understand what's happening here? It, the power we have is not in money, it's not in wealth, it's not in influence, it's not in your intelligence, it's not in your skills. It's in God. And God is imparting this to you today. You can be a world changer, not for yourself, but for the glory of Jesus Christ. I believe that. And so if you, if you look at this, um, the spirit-filled church dispenses more than care for the body. It brings healing to the soul. Oh, my friends, how I desperately desire for every single one of us to understand this concept. That it's not about our external well-being. It's about our internal condition of the heart. This is what God is after. So I want to ask you, what about us? What is your experience with Christ? The spirit-filled church imparts what it has. And in the case of spiritual lameness, there can be leaping. Verse 7 and 8, here's what, what it says. Peter took him by the right hand. He raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. This man who was crippled but not paralyzed, his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood up, began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. My friends, listen to this. The man knew he could not walk, so he did not budge. But Peter, oh goodness, I love Peter. Peter, the, the, the very temperamental disciple, he does the very thing Peter would do. He grabbed the guy by his hand. He's not waiting. He's not waiting. Oh, excuse me, sir. Can I heal you of this thing you've had all your life? No, he jumps into it. My friends, I think it's time for some of us to grab somebody else by the hand. It's enough of being awkward about it, enough not trying to do it, enough putting up that phone call, enough not meeting for coffee with that person, enough not sharing the gospel with your unbelieving friend, enough. The spirit-filled church can do much great if only you stepped out in faith. And today this is the example that Peter's trying to show to us. You must walk out and you must grab somebody and pull them up wherever they are in. Because guess what? Somebody at some point in their life did that to you. Oh, how thankful I am for people in my life, my mentors, my coaches, the people that have, that have come to me when I was crippled but not paralyzed, and they've lifted me up. They've imparted what they have, and many of them didn't give, give me any money at all because they didn't have any, but, but what they did give was much, much more important. So I want to ask you, by way of practical application, who in your life right now is the person you need to grab them by their right hand and hoist them up and lead them into the house of prayer? That's what a spirit-filled church does. We're not indifferent to our neighbors. We're not indifferent to our coworkers. We're not indifferent to the barista that made your coffee wrong or right. We're not indifferent to our bosses or to our coworkers or people that slander us or take promotions that were meant for us. We're not indifferent to them because we're a spirit-filled church and a spirit-filled church does what a spirit-filled church does and that is bring people into the house of prayer. That's what we do. 
And what I love about this is that there's actually a parallel in Isaiah chapter 35, verse 6, where it says, Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. I think for some of us, water is going to break forth in the wilderness. And I think for some of us, streams are going to happen in the desert. Honestly, I'm going to say this right now. Today's the day of your liberation. I don't know what you're going through, but today's the moment when you will be filled with the Spirit on the day of Pentecost, and you will experience a liberation, and you will experience a freedom like you've never experienced before. I believe it. All you have to do is surrender to Jesus and say, God, this whole thing has crippled me. Oh, but it has not paralyzed me. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. So, this is what I think happens to you and to me often when we kind of, uh, when, we, uh, when, we, when we look at these stories of miracles that we sometimes miss the drama in terms of what happens. Now, I, wanna, I want you guys to uh, understand something. There is a Greek word that is used here, and it is parakrema. Can you guys say that with me? Parakrema. Good job. Okay. The word means immediately, suddenly, instantly, at the very moment on the spot. The point is that's when the man began to walk. It didn't take long. The point is that whatever situation you're going through, God can heal it very, very quickly. He can and he will. And I want to say this, that, that uh, uh, God is so good, and this man stood up and began to walk. Now, I want you guys to understand something that's, that's happening here in this text. That the man's feet and ankles were made strong. This phrase written in the passive voice means that the force that gave him stability and strength was outside of the man. It was God. In fact, this word that, that his uh, feet and ankles were made strong, it's the word uh, the, the, where we get the word stereo from, it... it it was used in Genesis, and it talked about the, the formation of the earth. So the point is that it was not Peter that made his uh, feet and ankles strong. It was not an outside. It was an outside force. It was God. And look what happens. He, the man, leapt up. It describes the coming suddenly into socket of something that was out of place. This is what happens in a spirit-filled church filled with spirit-led people, my friends. Um, God is, is, is putting your life back into its place. <laughs> you guys aren't hearing me. There's something happening, and, 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 and you feel crippled by it, but God is slowly shaping, forming, molding you, and working through his spirit. You don't even see it until parakrema happens, and parakrema means immediately, and there's coming a point in your life where immediately you will be made strong, you will be made whole, you will be made complete, and you will leap up in joy. That's what's happening. That's what a spirit-filled church can do. That's what a spirit-filled church filled with spirit-led people experience. Experiences. That's what happens. Now, I believe that sometimes we miss the drama and the significance of miracles like this one because we don't allow our imaginations to catch the fact that it happened instantly. 
And I want to say this, that God doesn't just want to upgrade your life for you. God gave up his life for you. God is not looking to do a simple cosmetic fix on your life. He's not trying to give you a facelift. He's trying to give you a faith lift. Okay? I got some chuckles out of a couple of you. That's good. I, um, so, so, so the point is that God wants to do something much better and much bigger than you've ever imagined. And so what do we want to be? A church where people love to attend. What is a church? It's ecclesia. It's a gathering of people. And so as I wrap up this particular message about, about this amazing uh, uh, man that was healed, I want to say this and I want to ask you this question. What part of your life do you need to become more spirit-led? Where is it? Where is it? Where, what part of your life do you feel crippled but not paralyzed? How can you impart wonder and awe upon the people in your life because of your spirit-filled life? Where is it do you need to surrender to Jesus? I want to drive you today to action. There must be a definitive, decisive step that you personally make today before you leave here. You must decide, okay, God, I want to be spirit-led. I want to have peace in my life. I want to have joy in my life. I want to have calm amidst uncertainty. I want God, maybe not for you to rescue me from the storm, but God, I want you to come amidst my storm, where, whatever I'm going through, and I want you, God, to, to appear to me. My friends, can we just please look at our lives right now and say, God, the things I've wanted, it's not, it's not, it's not really what I wanted. There's God, I want more. I want your, your presence, God. I want, I want peace, God. I want joy. I want, I want God to, to experience your healing. God, we've, we, we say we've been crippled for so long. We want that socket to be put back in place. We want the stereo kind of life where it's stable with Jesus. And so who is the people in your life that you need to go to and you need to tell them that, Hey, God loves you so much. And, you, and he wants to overwhelm you with his love. And you know, this is exactly what Jesus Christ did. He came to the cross. And this is the crux of the gospel right here. I don't want you to miss this point. That Jesus Christ on the cross was not only crippled, not only paralyzed, but Jesus died so that the crippled and the paralyzed and the lame could leap and walk and give, give joy to Jesus Christ. And that's what God wants to do in your life today. Jesus Christ was crippled in the cross and he died on the cross so that you can have a brand new life. You are listening to a message preached by Pastor Bogdan Kipko at Forward Church in Irvine, California. For more information about Forward Church, please visit forward.fm.